you hear me okay? Yeah. Okay. Welcome to Bon Jovi Discussions Part 5. Today I have my buddy Kevin. Uh, it, it's Revis, correct? Revis. Revis. I was close. So how's it going, buddy? It's going good. Keeping busy. Yeah. I'm located in New York, so we got hit pretty bad. So it's just about staying home at this point and praying yeah. for the best. Yeah, absolutely. We've been friends, what, for about a year now or, or so online? Give or take? Yeah, I guess you could say that. But uh, Kevin and I, we met about a month ago already, and we hung out for the day in New York City. We went to go see Diana, uh, and we talked the entire day about Bon Jovi. Yeah, it was, it was, we were nerding out. I've never, I've never seen anything like it. We had a, an amazing time. show was great as well, and uh, we got our tickets separately, but ended up sitting next to each other, so it was a good coincidence. Yeah. It all worked out. So I love, I love when things like that happen, you know what I mean? Yeah. That was weird, but hey, worked out for us. That's pretty cool, though. So, first thing on the agenda, meeting the band. Oh, uh, yes. You want to share your story first? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so, so I've, I've met everyone in the band, but Richie, I mean, he's not in the band anymore, but I've never met Richie or Hugh. But everyone else I've met, uh, first person I met was David, funny enough. And um, it was the day after the MetLife Stadium show back in 2013. And I was like, oh, wow, it's David Bryan. Cool. Um, I saw him at a train concert. And uh, Gavin DeGraw was opening. Gavin DeGraw was like, oh, wow, David Bryan's in the house tonight from Bon Jovi. I quickly get up out of my seats. I literally start searching the venue. It's like it was one of those. It's basically a shed. It's similar to, um, have you been to any of the sheds like around your area? It's like they have one in Cleveland. So basically it's, um, there's like reserved seating and a pavilion setting and then there's lawn. Okay. So like a lot of times lawn tickets cost like 20, 30 bucks. Like they sell them all the time on Groupon um, and a lot of times. So we were in the pavilion, thankfully. So I saw David like in between the first tier and the second tier. So I go up to him. He's with, he was with big Kenny from big and rich. <laughs> wow. So I approached him as a crazy fan. I was like, he was like the first celebrity I ever met. So it was just so. Was this during the show? Yeah, this was during Gavin DeGraw's set. Okay. So he's like, yeah, after Gavin, he, he's, he calmed me down for a second. He's like, yeah, man. Okay. So after Gavin said, I'll happily take a picture of you. He goes up on stage during uh, Gavin's last song, which was Not Over You, I believe. And he um, and he's like jumping around dancing with, on stage with Big Kenny. And then he goes backstage. And I'm sitting there waiting for like an hour and he didn't come out. So I was like so disappointed that day. But, uh, you know, obviously, like, he, he just forgot. You know, I probably would forget, too, if I was on stage. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Well, you got to think of, you know, all the things that he has going on. And yeah, obviously. I'd be bummed, too. But, I mean, at least you got the opportunity to meet him. You yeah, know? and I told him, I was I was like, dude, like, Dry County last night was so awesome. I remember telling him that because it was they played Dry County the night before. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty cool, though. Mm. Um. That was back in 2013, you said? Yeah, 2013. Uh, then I met John in 2015. Uh, basically, I, it was right before our Runaway Tours. So I had my guitar with me. I wanted John to sign it. And I saw Matt by the backstage area. So I calmly, calmly this time I calmly asked Matt. I'm like, hey, Matt, listen, I'm a big fan. Is there any way I can get John to sign my guitar? And he was like, sure, no problem. So 
sign my so john comes out and it's like you know like a puff of smoke walked out and he came out to like a puff of smoke in my mind and i like literally walked up to him like i couldn't even produce any words takes my guitar and at this point because it's in the middle of times square basically a crowd is starting to form because it's like holy shit john bon jovi yeah and he's like he looks at me he's like walk with me kid so i walk into the building with him and you know, I shake his hand. I'm like, "Thank you so much." We take a really horrible selfie. I look like shit in it, but uh, but yeah, it was, it was still one of the best days of my life. And I want to thank Matt if he's watching this for 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 doing this for for hooking it up for me because it was one of the best days of my life. That was the picture you showed me too when we were in New York, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought that was a pretty good picture. It's actually the the reason why I got Invisalign because my teeth looked so crooked in it. It's the reason why I got Invisalign. Swear to God. Well, um, what was I gonna? I was gonna say something about that story, and I, it just left my mind. But oh well. Uh, so, and you you met Tico. Yeah, I met Tico. Share that one. Um. Actually, uh, one last thing. I met John two other times as oh. well before. Sorry. Uh. Uh, met John two other times. Uh, second one was after the iHeartRadio show. Obi got me into it, literally snuck me in. Uh, third one was um, in the middle of the Prudential Center concert. He jumped down right in front of me during We Got It Going On to make out with some chick. And I was next to her, and I was like, oh, let me get a selfie too. Wow. And I've seen that picture, obviously. Mm -hmm. that as well. But yeah, I met, uh, I met Tico. Um, Met him twice. Um, I got have a picture with Tico and David before the iHeartRadio show uh, when they were promoing when we were us. And uh, so this was back in 2018 and before the Barrymore show. He was being rushed in. I had my camera ready, and I'm like Tico, and he's just like, he's, he's like cheesing really hard. Tico, I think Tico takes the best selfies. I know he does. Uh, you you said you've never met Hugh. Never met you. And then have you, you've met Phil. Oh, many times. I was talking to him before the iHeartRadio show because I was waiting for like 10, like 10 or 12 hours trying to get in because I didn't have a ticket. And uh, Phil was like so impressed by that. He's like, damn, dude, I hope Obi can get you in. You deserve to be in. Thank you so much. Oh, the audio. Audio went out. Um, oh, there we go. All right. So yeah, Phil was just like, he was just so impressed that I was waiting for like 10 hours. <laughs> so, uh, and, and plus like I'm a younger dude, so it sure been like, it sure been a girl that was waiting, but me, I'm a guy. So that that's probably the other thing that, and someone my age as well, that that's probably something that, you know, impressed a lot of the band that, you know, one that me being this young and liking Bon Jovi. And I'm sure you can relate to that as well, because you're definitely not the target demographic. We're definitely not the target demographic. No, yeah, I, I think this fan base is probably, what, what would you say, maybe 85% women and then, you know, 15% uh, male fans. So, uh, but, you know, we're just as passionate, you know. We may not be as excited to see John take his shirt off, but we're very excited. To yeah. Music, <laughs> Listen, so. I'm okay with the 85-15 ratio. I'm, that's a ratio I'm very okay with. Let me put it to you this way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then have you ever met uh, Bobby or Lorenza? 
never met I never met Bobby, but I did meet Lorenza. Um, one of the uh, one. All right, so I I was I was I was um I was it was before the garden show. I was in the VIP area. I was you know I was hanging out there and um. Which and bar is Huh? The last, highway, the last highway tour? No, uh, Madison Square Garden. Uh, this house is not for sale. Lorenzo was there. And oh, okay. uh, so I was talking to her. We were talking about, um, we were talking about, I was like, oh, where's your violin? <laughs> when I went up to her, I'm like, oh, where's the violin? You know, we were talking for about five minutes. Very nice. Very nice. Really nice. And John Shanks, obviously, is really cool as well. Uh, I broke down with him a bit before uh, the iHeartRadio show. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was, that, we, that was a good time. Jenks is cool. Uh, any story from Bobby? Any story I never met Bobby? Bobby. Never met Bobby. He's cool. I met him briefly. Oh, what was that? I think they're on the Circle Tour. Yeah, he was on the Circle Tour. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, How's Bobby like? Uh, Bobby's cool. Uh, it was like really quick. Uh, I was at like this uh, sub shop in Pittsburgh, and him and like some other guy who who it was, but they were just walking casually and stuff. And I uh, said hi to him, and I actually took a picture with him. And this was during MySpace days. Oh wow! And uh, so I have it on my MySpace, and I don't know how you can, I can I can't get access into my MySpace. And it's like in a private, like friends only photo album. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. So I'm trying to find out, you know, what friends I still have on if they have all their login info. But none of my friends now don't have access to it. So it's like, sucks. But I did get to meet, but he was, he was pretty cool. Uh, he was kind of like quiet, chillax. Yeah, he seems that kind of way. Yeah. Yeah, it was more of an experience of like, hey, can I get a quick photo and nice to meet you and looking forward to the show, blah, 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 and then done, you know. When did you um, meet Hugh? I've never met Hugh. Oh, I thought I thought you said Hugh. Oh, so that's still Bobby. Yeah, Bobby, yeah. I got it, Bobby. got it. I started it. Okay, I'll go off with who I've met. Um, I've met uh, Bobby. I've met hmm. Lorenzo. Lorenza twice. I met her back on the last highway tour. Uh, she was outside of the arena, and my dad and I, we were walking to the arena. We saw her. I didn't get a picture with her, but I just got to say hi to her. I just recognized her from photos. I feel ashamed, but like I didn't really remember her name back then. I know she was just filling in for the tour and stuff like that with violin. Mm -hmm. um, but, and then I got to meet her on the cruise last year. Oh, nice. Was she, uh, what was your experience with her? She's hot. I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <but laughs> other, otherwise, uh, no, she was really nice. And I tell you, she's a hell of a player. Oh, she is great. That's why, because um, I haven't seen her. I went to a KOS show, I think 2012. But other than that, I haven't seen her since the Lost Highway tour. And so I just kind of see her again, like three, four times on the cruise play. She's an incredible player. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was actually at the NASA Coliseum show in 2011 that I was at. And she played, uh, John brought her up for Saturday Night, Who Says, and maybe a few oh, more songs. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I, you know, I haven't thought about that in so long. But, wow, yeah, she was definitely there. I'm sure you can find videos of that. Yeah, she was, she was really kind. And uh, I met Shank. I met Shank on the uh, This House is Not for Sale tour in 2017 in Cleveland, actually. 
And uh, funny story, my friends, well, not really funny, but my friends and I, we were walking in this, like, it's like a hotel and a shopping center in one. And it was right by the Quicken Loans Arena. And uh, we we're just walking around and we we're on the upper tier. And we look down and we see John Shanks. And uh, so we're like, let's, he's just walking around. Let's just go get a picture with him real quick. And so we went down. And during the time that we went down, he was on the phone. Obviously, you don't want to approach him when you're on the phone. So we waited and waited. And like he had like a 20-minute conversation. But uh, he hung up. And then we just approached him. And he was really cool. He told us stories about um, this house is not for sale album. And uh, I, he, I remember you the story. What's that? Fingerprints, yeah. Fingerprints, yeah. And he was telling me about how like uh, John on the last, that was the Burning Bridges album. But John on the last minute, changed like the whole guitar work of the song and was changing the lyrics at the last minute and uh he signed autographs took photos he was pretty cool um i've never met tico i really want to that's on my goal um obviously we, we met david together you yeah that was that was cool yeah but the i actually got to meet david twice that day the first time that day was about a month ago we were just walking through New York City, and we were walking on the same block where Diane did that. Uh, what was that theater called, Long Acre? I, I don't remember. There are so many Broadway theaters. There's like yeah. there's I like five on every block, especially in that area. Yeah. And uh, um, Rachel said, is that David? Because she saw him in the back of the head, and she saw the big, you know, blonde, curly hair. And I said, oh, yeah, that's David. And so I just approached him, and I told him how big of a fan I was. And I've actually wanted to meet David for the last 20 years of being a fan. Never got lucky. And so finally, this was my first time, and he took a he took a photo, and he was you know nice to meet you, blah blah blah, and then he agreed to take autographs that night if I was there, and then obviously that night you and I and uh, Caitlin and my fiance Rachel we were all hanging out, and we all got to take pictures and autographs, and it was great. And, yeah, that was, that was such a good show. I yeah. it, he was so nice. You know, we we got to talk to him for about like five minutes. Mm-hmm. Really cool guy. Yeah, and you know what was so nice about that too is that there was like no other Bon Jovi fans wanting to mm-hmm. get autographs. And, you know, so I think that's why he took the time to make sure we all got our stuff signed and take photos. He was even joking with us, you know, and making sure we were happy with everything. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, he he it was really awesome. It was an, it was an, it was a really fun day that I will never forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and who have I forgotten besides John? Richie. Oh, oh, Richie. Yeah. I've and met Phil. Richie. Oh, Phil. I've met Phil quite a bit. Um, yeah. Richie, um, I met in 2013 during the Because We Can tour. And we were outside of the arena. I get pretty lucky outside of arenas for some reason. And uh, we were walking around. And it was probably like 2 or 3 in the afternoon. And I saw Richie with like that Stenson hat. That, and this is like we are on like a hill and I was on top of the hood. And so I, we kind of like not ran cause that's crazy, but we just like walked faster and he was just hanging out with, I think he was with the security guard and uh, they were making their way in and I stopped him real quick and I just told him how big of a fan I was and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and he goes, thanks brother. And we shook hands and uh, he went in, but I wish I would have asked for a picture. I don't know why I, I didn't. But were I there a lot of people there? No, it was just me and another Bon Jovi friend. And, oh, wow. You got yeah. lucky. Yeah, I did get lucky. And, but yeah. like I said, I wish I would have uh, asked for a picture because who knows if I'll ever get to meet him again. But, you know, like we, we go back to the when you got to meet David at um, 
the Gavin, the Gavin DeGraw concert. You know, at least you got the opportunity. To yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's That's to, all that matters. Yeah, it's better to say that you have met him as opposed to I've never gotten to meet him. You know, it's, it's nice to have that picture as a final, final memory. I agree, um, and also to post to everyone on Facebook and brag about it and get and collect likes. Yeah, what's that? Say that last part. And, co and collect likes and just be like, haha, yeah, I got to meet him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't like to come off like that. You know? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's cool to post that stuff, but um, and Phil, I've met several several times. Uh, he's obviously probably one of my favorite musicians in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, he's great. Yeah. Yeah, I could tell stories and stories about Phil and stuff. Um, and then I've met John, obviously, twice through the Runaway events. Um, I've gotten to shake his hand a couple of times, like after arenas and stuff. And then I, I told you my Pittsburgh story about the crazy fan. No, I, I don't think you did. Right, okay. So when John was doing the campaigning for Hillary Clinton. And oh, yes, you did. You did. You did. Yes. But please tell it. Well, since, since I'm already starting, I might as well finish. Uh, so long story short, after the show, we were walking back to our car. And this, it was like a museum type place. But it had like a nice, um, what do you want to call it? Like a theater. And it could seat about 200 people. So it was a very small venue. And uh, we were walking around and we saw Bill Clinton come out. We saw people, you know, going crazy that Bill was outside. And obviously, he didn't say hi to anybody. But we were like, you know, if Bill Clinton, I, I didn't care that Bill Clinton was coming out. But we thought, well, if Bill Clinton is coming out this door, who else is going to come out this door? Mm -hmm. And uh, so we, we waited. And there was like maybe five other Bon Jovi fans waiting and uh, secured. And it wasn't Matt or any of, you know, Bon Jovi security. There was just like hired security for Pittsburgh. They came out and said that John agreed to take some photos and autographs if we were to be respectful and line up and and be patient. And he said it's probably gonna be another hour wait. And we're like, hey, we'll I'll take it. Mm -hmm. And so I was probably maybe the fourth or fifth person in line. And uh, eventually John came out, and there ended up being like maybe ten people, twelve people in the line. And uh, like I said, I was fourth or fifth person and john came out took pictures he was signing stuff with the first person second person third person by the time he was in between the third and fourth person the girl in the way back of the line just said, and she like went to try to grab him and hug him and security grabbed her so fast she didn't even get to touch john and then the other security guard got john into the van and that was it and so that was kind of like that close of an opportunity to get, um, and I didn't have anything to get signed because I wasn't expecting to meet him. And uh, so I only had my like my ticket, and I was going to have him sign that, but um, but so that was a missed opportunity. So. That sucks. I would have been so pissed if that was yeah. me. Yeah. Um, my God, like that girl should have just been tarred and feathered for that. Uh, well, that's what I was going to say is that you should have seen what comments were being said about her after. But, you know, the first three people were like all smiles. They didn't care because they got mm -hmm. the But we were so pissed. So, but, you know, there might be another opportunity someday. So, oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, we got another tour coming up. Sure. Hopefully by the summer. Um, if not, maybe in the fall. Yeah, we'll see. You know, hopefully this virus kind of calms down within the next month and things kind of 
because if it goes into May, the tour is def- I think the de- tour will definitely be postponed. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some July shows that have been postponed already. I mean, yeah, that Roger Waters was postponed. Not like I'm going to go to that, but yeah. Um. Yeah. So. But you know, oh, thoughts twenty twenty. This um, can you hear me? Yeah, fine. Now you're freezing up a little bit there, but you're fine now. What are your uh, What are your thoughts on twenty twenty? And like, are you excited for it? The record? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I, I personally liked Limitless and I liked Unbroken. Uh, the only thing I would have changed about Limitless is I think Phil should have had a guitar solo on that song. Um, I, I agree. Yeah. Definitely awesome. agree. And then Un- Unbroken, I don't think it really had a place for a guitar solo. I yeah. And, but it's I, more I, about the message. Yeah. So that song really didn't need a guitar solo, but I think Limitless should have had, had one. I agree. Um, you know, and sorry, you were saying. No, no, go ahead, buddy. Go ahead. Um. All right. And look, like I, I, I think I kind of see eye to eye on this. I mean, as great as the message of Unbroken is, I, I just don't think it shouldn't have been. I don't think it should have been the first thing that the band released for 2020. Yeah. See, the thing is, is that even John has said it wasn't really a single to promote 2020. It's just going to be on 2020. But, you know, it had to come out in November because of that. What was that documentary to be of service? Yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah, it was pretty good. And it was yeah, a perfect song for it. So. It's very powerful, very powerful documentary. But, you know, I, I would have done, I would have done marketed this thing a lot differently. You know, had been me in the marketing chair of the yeah. record comp of Island records or whatever the heck it's called now. I would have marketed it very differently. Number one, before the last leg of the This House is Not For Sale tour, I would have released a lead single that kind of, you know, like, is like, because we can't, we weren't born to follow, have a nice day. One of the, It's My Life, one of those that's just very optimistic and very, uh, basically like something, the message of Limitless, but with a guitar solo in it, kind yeah. of just to get everyone excited. Yeah. Um, the thing about, and at this point, no album or anything is released yet. Uh, it, any info about that is released. Just a single, and you know people can do with it as they please, right? And that's important. So November, Unbroken comes out. John and the band go on radio, late night appearances. Um, you know they perform both songs, and um, and then they announce a tour right in time for Christmas, right in time for the holidays, uh, so people can get that as gifts. Um, and then, you know, once the tour, once the tour goes on sale, get an email um, or a Facebook post, Twitter, Limitless gets released. It's a very knockout type song. It's like a good second or third single. And then on January 1st, 2020, they surprise drop the album with like a whole Rolling Stone article and all that stuff. And, you know, it works in a lot of modern artists like rap have done it. Mm-hmm. And, and it, works uh, well it works. It works for them. So why not try something like that? I feel like that would get everyone excited, and it would go viral in an instant. Yeah, that's see, the, the the one thing that I miss about promotions is that, like during the Lost Highway tour, or before the Lost the Lost Highway album, um, they would premiere songs live for the first time before you even heard it as a single or on the the TV for a music video. So like. The first time we heard you want to make a memory and I have it on a record tape, 
uh, before DVR days. Uh, but the first time you heard You Want to Make a Memory was live on American Idol. Oh, really? Yeah. And, wow. was, and And then, like, two weeks later, the music video came out. And then they released it as a single. I don't know if iTunes was a thing back then. I think you, I think it was just the music video at the time. I don't think iTunes was a big thing yet. It's crazy. But regardless, you know, uh, uh, with b- before The Circle, all those albums, they would premiere a lot of their songs live for the first time, you know? Like, um, look at uh, This Ain't a Love Song uh, from the These Days album. John performed that at a promotional show for Crossroads before mm-hmm. These Days even came out. And that version is actually on the These Days special edition. Really? I did not and, know that. And yeah, so like, I know if you, you've obviously heard the version, right? on these days special edition they sing a love song live no i actually haven't oh yeah so like in the beginning it says all you bootleggers start running your tapes this is the upcoming new single for these days the same love song oh wow yeah and so that was at a crossroads promotional event so so that's what i kind of miss is like seeing it live because obviously we haven't seen limitless live yet you know but we've seen unbroken a couple of times i think live um on tv when he oh, was for in, that, um, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm trying to. Yeah. So you know, but th- the thing is now is all these record companies they think that they got the big idea and they think how what's the best way to market the new mm. of which I think this one is kind of if it wasn't for Unbroken I think it, this would have been a decent time I think the the time frame that they're promoting I think would have, would be okay with Limitless coming out last month. And then, obviously, a new single is going to be coming out here at the end of this month or beginning of May to promote 2020 and uh, go from there, I guess. I just think that, you know, people have, like, a really low attention span at this point. And, you know, asking someone to listen to, like, seven or eight songs they've never heard before is too much. Even now when I'm listening to an album, I need to listen to it multiple times in order to fully digest it. Mm -hmm. Well, the thing is, is... Nowadays, what hurts artists is that everyone just buy what you hear on the radio on iTunes. It's all about content and having it now. So, you know, if you got to think for, if you hear a song on the radio that you like, all you care about is that one song, you know, uh, unless you're a diehard fan like us, and you obviously we're going to go buy the physical copies and blah, blah, blah. But a lot of people that right now, they just go buy that what they hear on the radio that's on their phone. And they don't care to hear the deeper tracks on the album, which unfortunately you miss out on a lot of really good songs, you know? Yeah. And that's where the beauty of streaming comes in because, you know, it gives you so much access because before back, because back in the day you had to go to a record store or a CD shop and buy the whole album and hope and pray that it's good. Now I can, you know, you told me to listen to a Kiss album called Crazy Nights mm-hmm. when we met. And on the way back home, I listened to it 10, 15 years ago that wouldn't have even been possible. Yeah. So that's a great thing. And if you yeah. like it, you go buy the physical copy. Yeah. I mean, my perfect example is that I love the deeper tracks of Bon Jovi more than I like the hits. Mm-hmm. You know? So if all those people out there who, who only knew Live Run and Prayer and Bad Name and It's My Life and all those hits, if they only knew that there were so many more amazing songs on on all those albums, you know? I agree. I agree. Um, and, you know, people have the freedom to do that now with streaming, like I said, because, you know, there have been, ma- there have been many times where, 
you know, I've heard of the hits by an artist, like Shinedown is a perfect example. Like, oh, wow, like, I love, I love the song Second Chance, I love Sound of Badness, Unity. And then I got to clicked on each of the albums and I listened through it and it was amazing. They're one of my, my second favorite band now after Bon Jovi. Yeah, you know, for me, and, you know, I'm one of those people too that will only buy what they hear as a hit from other bands. But if I hear at least like 10 good songs, then I'll maybe go buy one of their albums and listen to the whole album and stuff like that. That's what, um, like with Aerosmith, for example, when I was mm. younger, I heard like um, Janie's Got a Gun and Crazy and all those good songs. And I was like, you know what? This band is pretty good. And then I started buying like the Pump album. and That's such a good album. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing with Kiss and Cheap Trick and all. That's how I got so into those other bands too, you know? Um, so, but yeah, I, I think uh, I wish this album was kind of being promoted a little differently, but we're in the age where it's all about being streamed and you release a single at midnight and, and see where the single goes on the charts. But I agree. I mean, look, it, nothing's ever perfect, but where I feel like the band, you know, really most, all bands really make their money and really put the money where the, where their, where their mouth is, where their mouth is, is on tour. Yeah. That's and, what I was say. The money is where the tours are. That's where, these artists are making their money. So what songs do you hope Bon Jovi plays on this upcoming tour? What what songs do you hope he goes deep in? Well, and John, if you're watching this, pay attention. Please, this is very important. I think that's a far fetch. Uh, um, but we actually did our, our dream set list. Oh, yes. Let's hear so it. You want to start off, with, start off with yours. Okay. Now, now, you went and you put hits in your set list. Yes, I did. I, I didn't. I only have one hit on mine, but it, it comes with a, a band jam, jam session that they used to do. So I'm interested. I'm inter which one is it? I, I, I'll tell you when I do mine. Okay. Let's see yours. So I'm one of those fans. You know, I enjoy hearing the hits. I like it. You know, it gets everyone singing, and it's realistic. I remember at, in Dublin, uh, I followed them around Europe, and I have a vlog about that. So definitely check it out because it's a lot of fun. Have you seen it? My uh, vlog. I was part of it. For bon no, you broke that. Okay. Thing. So I made a wish set list and I gave it to Phil X and Phil texted it to the band. And some of the stuff was played that night. And the reason why, because it was real. It, it was, I put stuff that was likely to get played. So that's kind of what I did with this one. So I have an opening with This House Is Not For Sale. Great song. Then goes straight to Born to Be My Baby. Huh? I was going to say, I, I love this house enough for sales and opener. Such a good opener. I think. Then I'll, you go into. Go ahead. No, 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 no. You, you finish. I, I think on the, the last tour, this house tour, I just love that. Like you see in the, the screens, like the road, and like they show you what, what city they're in and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden you see like this door and the lights hit the door. And then you see John standing there. And then obviously the band starts. I wish they would have lifted the curtain up at the beginning of those shows, though, instead of like right after the the first chorus. But it is. I like, think it's cool. I think yeah. it's pretty cool because it's and, like just like seeing everyone cheer and I'm coming yeah. home, and then it opens up. That's pretty cool. Oh, it sure is. Then after uh, "Born to Be My Baby," track three is "Runaway," but he does the time machine intro. Mm -hmm. I love that. I, I, I like that idea right at the beginning of the show. Yeah. Then you go into We Weren't Born to Follow, which is a song he likes to play, and I like that song too. Then the crowd's like, okay, like whatever. And then he 
brings it up with you give up a bad name, but there's no like take me to the sea. Da da da. It just goes like straight into shot through the heart, and you know that's that part. You know what I mean? It's just like yeah. no, not no long intro. Yeah. Um, and then brings it down for a minute with a whole lot of leaving. I love that song. I love that song. I love that song. Say what you want. That song's amazing. There's there's five Bon Jovi songs that I do not like, and Hold On Leaving is one of them. Really? Where are the other four? Uh, we'll get into that after the set lists. Okay. Then you go into Limitless. I think that's going to sound amazing live. Then after Limitless, he's like, here's part two. It's my life. Okay. Then Because We Can. Sleep When I'm Dead with, uh, with Start Me Up. Oh. I love that. Uh huh. Then cool. straight. Then I die for you. Okay. Uh, Bad medicine with a uh, snippet of pretty woman and shout. Oh, I like that. Uh, and then John's like, okay. I'm, um, then she introduces David to sing in these arms. Then, uh, then it's then John appears on a B stage. What do you got? And either Bed of Roses or I'll Be There for You. Okay, on the, on the B stage. Mm-hmm. Then okay. afterwards, it's um, who, says, who Says He Can't Go Home, Captain Crash, Saturday Night, Have a Nice Day and Keep the Faith. Encore starts with Dry County, Wanted Dead or Alive, These Days, Blood on Blood, but with the acoustic en- intro, kind of like on the Madison Square Garden DVD. Oh, I love that, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, living on a prayer, but then he's he still wants to do more, so it's always and then loves the only rule show. And he does the walk off at at the end, you know what I mean? Where he goes down the steps while still singing, like during the you know, that yeah. part. Oh, that's I like that. I think Love's the Only Rule would be kind of a cool uh closing song, especially that way. Um, but like, like doing their bows right before that song and doing you know, it's like a good. It's like a good song before the encore or during the second second encore if he chooses to do one, which I kind of miss. Like, those that really didn't happen that much on this tour. Encores, yeah. 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 I mean, Dublin got one. Now, the crowd was just so loud there. Wembley didn't even get one, which I was really shocked by. I thought he was yeah. going to go. He was going to give a marathon set for Wembley. And I was like, I left the venue. I was just like, damn, like. Like, Liverpool got an extra encore, but Wembley didn't. I was like, come on, you know? Yeah, I think it depends on his voice nowadays, unfortunately. You know, because you look at the other past tours, and there's like one, two, three encores. And mm-hmm. I, now it just depends on how he's feeling and his voice, and, which I, I respect. But, all right, so, so let's hear yours. All right, so I know we talked the other night, and I wasn't joking about not doing any hits on mine. So, I... Love, we got it going on as a show opener. I got to really? see it. Well, on the cruise last year, uh, John opened up with "We Got It Going On." I thought it was so cool. It pumps the cr- it pumped the crowd up, and it was just one of those fun songs to start out with. So either that one to start a show, or I believe from the Keep the Faith album. Really? Yeah, I saw them open up with "I Believe." I think during the Lost Highway tour, I thought it was so cool. Oh my God, where was that? Um, good question because I went to six shows on the Lost Highway tour. I'll have to look and let you know. I would love to hear. I believe it might have been Pittsburgh. 
it wasn't at the Madison Square Garden shows. It's those three. I'll have to look into that. But I like that intro, you know, the, the guitar and the, then the uh, drum squeaking uh, uh, up. And then all of a sudden, John comes up with his guitar and. Uh, and he played guitar singing. on that? Yeah, he did. He did it on the Keep the Faith tour, I believe, didn't he? I'm not sure. Um, yes, you know I'm. You know I'm gonna do. I'm gonna start watching for every damn on quarantine. Watching a video from every year, like a full concert from every year, because you can find them on YouTube and just comparing it. Yeah, you know I think he did play good because I remember on the Lost Highway tour, he was wearing a red. He was he uh, played the black and white guitar. Oh wow! Tour. Yeah. Uh, okay, and then so. Whether it was We Gotta Go On or I believe is the first song. Next song would be Summertime. Oh, yes, yes, yeah, yes. I, which I saw on the Lost Highway tour. I just love that song, especially Tico's drums at the beginning, the boom, boom, boom. I love that. And then I'd go with Every Day. Okay. And then Bounce. Oh, and, yes. then, and then Say It Isn't So, which. Oh, my God. You have the yeah. better set list. You have the better set list. Well, I didn't do any hits. And and so the, I so I think after those five songs it'd be kind of time to like cool the crowd down a little bit and kind of settle things a little bit, and so we'd have them play misunderstood and all about. Oh loving yes, you. I don't so, think they've ever played all about loving you live. Mm -mm. No, John did it one time acoustic by fans request during the bounce tour, and then one time during like a promotional event in Australia where like this crazy fan like jumped in the water and swam across. And then John helped her up on stage so she didn't drown. That's that insane. Video, that video is on YouTube. I'm surprised you didn't see it. Actually, I think I have. I think I have. Um, yeah, like she. What happened? Like was she? Was she just like gang two in the two in the moment, and then she was just like accidentally fell into well, the water. It was in Australia, I think, and the band was on their stage, and then the water was right here, and then the audience right here. So the, the barrier was the water. And this fan went to the water and swam across to the band. And then John, like, helped her up and stuff. But the two times that they've ever played All About Loving You was acoustic. So I think, I think it'd be perfect to do during a show. And then, so after Misunderstood and All About Loving You, we pick it back up. And I chose Blame It on the Love of Rock and Roll. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. And then I Die For You, because that's obviously a, a great one. And then... I was thinking more of like a fun song, so I chose the more things the more things change. Fuck, I should have included that in mind. That's one of my that's yeah. one of me and my dad's favorite Bon Jovi songs. And then and then I figured this would be like the perfect time for John to take a break before he goes to the B stage. And so I figured why not have David Bryan sing in these arms? Which is really cool. Great minds think alike. Yeah. Um, and so so now we're at the point where John's at the B stage after in these arms. And he does I Want You acoustic. Wow. That's an interesting yeah. choice. Yeah. And he's only ever done that once during the Keep the Faith tour. It was by fans request too. And then back in um, 2015 during a runaway, you know Luca? Yeah. Yeah, he's a cool guy. He requested it and John sang it acoustic at a runaway event. So it's, I, I think it sounds really good. So after that, then it's hard letting you go. I don't like that song. You don't like that song? Oh. Oh, man. I love it. And then Fast Cars to kind of pick up the pace a little yes. bit. Yes. Yes. And then he, with this next one, Love's the Only Rule, he will start out on the um, B stage 
but like make his way through the crowd singing Love's the Only Role and then back to the stage. Nice, nice. And then they get back to the stage, lights go out for a little bit, and then One Wild Night. You know, like the chop chop. Does he do the dance from the Crush the Crush store? I guess you could add it in there. Yeah, why not? Make the girls happy. Make some of the guys happy too, I guess. <laughs> and then uh, I Want to Be Loved. Oh, yes. I know yes. you love that song. So I oh, had to put it oh on my God. Here. I love that song. Uh, and then Edge of a Broken Heart. You're a good friend. You're a very good friend. What was, this, what, was the, what was that one? Edge of a Broken Heart? Yeah. Which oh, is nice. an from Slippery. Yeah. Um, and then the next one, I was in between. So I was thinking maybe Hearts Breaking Even. Mm-hmm. Or If That's What It Takes. Which are very high vocal. So I think our chances of seeing those two live are... That's why it's a fantasy. That's right. And, <laughs> if that's and, what it takes, that, yeah. that would be better. And then, like, lights would go out for a little bit, John does a little bit of talking, and then they would do their final, like, five-song set before the encore. And so they would start out with This Is Our House. Oh, yes. Which was never on an album, but it was it was released as to promote the Greatest Hits Tour in 2011. And then story, well, I want to switch these two. So after This Is Our House, We All Fall Down from the Burning Bridges album. Yes, that's the I best song in that album. I love that. That and Who Would You Die For? Oh, yeah. And then after We All Fall Down, Story of My Life, because I okay. love those keys at the beginning. And then uh, before the encore, they would close the show with Wild in the Streets. And then obviously they fake taking their, you know, saying thank you. And then they leave the stage. And you think the show's over, but it's not. So they come back up. And this is the only hit I included just because of the band's uh, jam session, especially between David and Tico. Lay your hands on me. Okay. Because you know in the beginning like, where, where they're doing a boom, 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 you know? Oh, you want that intro. Yeah. And like, like, like a perfect example is These Days Tour when David and, and John, or David and Tico, were jamming and going off of each other and stuff. Then, you know, Phil would come in. Well, back then it was Richie, but now it would be Phil coming in, playing guitar. Maybe and, a marching band intro. Yeah. And then John comes back up and they do Lay Your Hands On Me and then Get Ready after that. Oh, yes. And then they take their bows, leaves the stage, but one more encore. They come back up to do These Days and then they finish the show with Always. John's going to be really tired after that show. <laughs> I don't think he'll ever <laughs> sing again. That's why it's a fantasy set list. I me, I can't, me, I care about Sean. I, I want him to, to do another show like that. That's why I went easy on him. Well, yeah, but this is like, in like a perfect world. Uh, especially like because I added Hearts Breaking Even and if that's what it takes, you know, I think that would... <laughs> I mean, be, it's a joke. A it's a joke. I'm fucking you. Yeah. But I love those songs, and I also wanted to add something to believe in, and I don't know why I didn't, but I should have. But so that's my uh, song. What's that? I'm a fan of that song. You're you're breaking up again. Not a fan of that song. Something to believe in. Uh. Uh, I love it. Really? Yeah. I'd well, never liked the These Days album until maybe about a year ago. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I love these. You know. And I was just talking with one of my other Bon Jovi friends the other day. It's amazing how you look back at interviews and John says that's one of his most optimistic albums that he's ever written. And you look at it and go, 
how? What's I love the, the interviews for that album. I saw this one that he did in England. And then he did um, he did a v- version of These Days where he was playing the electric guitar. Have you seen that? Uh, yeah, I think I have. Like he was doing it in case I haven't. Uh, um, it was a really good interview. It was like on his birthday. And he was talking about how his driver, um, he saw two girls uh, that were waiting for him and they were hungry. So he got his driver to drive him to McDonald's or something. I've never seen that. You have to send that to me. I'll send it to you. And it was he was promoting, I think, The Leading Man. Oh, okay. I've actually seen that. Okay. Um, uh, I love those interviews. I'm, you're just going down the rabbit hole now. That's really yeah. what I'm doing. But, you know, to conclude this... Um, discussion um it's amazing how john thinks that was one of his most optimistic albums and you kind of Mm -hmm. look at it as a fan and go how if you look at the lyrics and the most of the songs it's very dark and stuff but then i think i've realized it's it's more of like a misery loves company album so like when you're depressed or want to hit a wall you listen to that album and somehow some way you find the light at the end of the tunnel and it makes you feel better I never thought about it that way, funny enough. Um, yeah. Well, I spent the last 20 years thinking how it was so optimistic. And like two years ago, I just kind of was like, you know what? This is more of like a Misery Loves Company type album. You know, where that's where you find optimism in it, I think. So. You know, I, I think the beauty in music is that, you know, it, it means different things to people and certain artists appear at different times. Like, you know, there's a pop punk band I used to listen to as a, as a kid called All Time Low. And I listened to their new album and, you know, it was good. But I was just like, you know, I just outgrew it. And, you know, with these days, I'm starting to appreciate it now. Back in the day, I wouldn't have appreciated it because it's it's just a very mature record. It's like their version of a Matchbox 20 album. It's pretty yeah. mature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Um, so. Well, let's uh, conclude the video, and then you and I, we can do some chatting after. Yes, yes. And, uh, but I'm at 46 minutes, so in order to upload, I have to cut it. So, but uh, I'm, I'm recording here.